right. So this is Troy and Ryan. You're listening to episode 74 of the Anti Art Podcast. We're here today for our first segment with fashion designer, producer, pop star, rock star, rug maker, Deaton Chris Anthony. Uh, what's up, man? How's life? Hey, what's up? It's my first podcast, so this is a big deal. Wait, oh. really? Really? Yeah, this is literally my first podcast ever. So. Holy shit. Oh, nice. Well, you know, welcome to your first podcast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast sphere. Hopefully many, many, many more pods in the future for you. You, you will definitely leave a kind of a window at the end to get into like the non-musical stuff, like the rugs, the clothes, all that kind of stuff. But I really want to take this episode and focus on your new body of work that you have all, uh, have out called Sid the Kid. It's a record about you and your brother growing up in Kansas. Uh, me and Troy have been giving it a lot of spins. Uh, we're big fans of it for sure. And uh, it's a very dense record thematically and musically uh, clocking in at almost an hour. So maybe we can kind of take it piece by piece. Firstly, kind of let's dive into the concept behind it. Just like loosely, could you maybe explain to the audience for those of uh, for those who haven't heard it, like kind of what the concept going into it was? Yeah, so Sid was a nickname that I had as a kid, and kind of I, I kind of based the whole album around that name. Mm-hmm. So Sid is actually a, a chip inside of old Commodore. So I have an old Amiga, and that was kind of how I made a lot of the music on the record. Mm-hmm. So like when I figured that out, that's really when I was like, okay, this is like the project that I'm doing. But yeah, I kind of went back to 2019. I had just at the time, like I was making a lot of synth music. Um, I think it was just kind of having a moment and I went and saw this band and I don't know, they were just like, this guy was just ripping, you know, on his guitar. And I was like, you know, why, why? Do I like, why do I not play guitar? You know, I don't know why I don't put that into my music. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, I don't know, it's kind of this weird thing where I was like, I just need a guitar, I need a guitar. And then I came home and I I remembered that the guy who lived in the house before me had left his guitar in the closet. Oh, perfect. And I I was really just like, and I knew it was there, but I was really like, what am I thinking? Like, I have a guitar. (laughs) So that night, uh, I just wrote like three songs um, I don't even play guitar, but I, I know like one song on the guitar. So I just kind of like messed around a little bit and then just kind of like sampled the guitar and kind of like made music. And then I was really just like, I just kind of wanted, like, I feel like there was this type of music I had been restricting myself from making. So then I just was like, I just need to make these songs today. Did not thinking much of it. And then that's kind of how it was all born. And I shared some friends, you know, the music with some friends and they're kind of like, whoa, this is different. And then I just kind of got obsessed with expanding on that and like the challenge of like guitar music, you know? Like it definitely plays into the angst of the record, like kind of from a lyrical standpoint, it's a lot different than uh, your your last album that I heard at least. Uh, songs like, you know, I don't want to go to school, Behind the Lockers with Hunter, uh, Tell Me uh, What Your Friends uh, Say Behind, what, uh, sorry, Tell Me What Your Friends Say Behind My Back. Um, (laughs) I kind of sense a lot of like hard times in the past, like bullying and stuff like that. But I kind of like, I like the way that you channeled it and kind of like into a meaningful way, almost like reassessing all that with, uh, all that, all those bad times with the good times and kind of making it sound cool in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I I'd like to think that, uh, we've all sort of been through that, you know, and at some point in time as a kid, we had someone maybe pick on us or, or whatever. So I think in a universal way, that was something that, especially I wrote this all throughout quarantine. So it was like, 
I think in isolation, also just like we were all just thinking of the past of like what life was before everything got locked down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of just a recipe of like, kind of want to just go back to my roots. And, you know, I've been asked a lot too, like where I was from and kind of what my story was. So I was like, it's the perfect time to just like be honest, just tell my story. Um, and so then it was just kind of fun, like going back and thinking about being 10 years old. And, you know, I was like, I was a really chubby kid and, Damn. Grew up, and I grew up skateboarding. So like, it was this thing where like, oftentimes my, my body wouldn't allow me to, to kind of keep up with my friends who were just like getting a lot better at it. Mm-hmm. I remember I went to this skate camp, literally the first night I get there, this is actually yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like my experiences at this old skate camp really informed a lot of the, like, spirit of the album. Um, but it's just imagine a bunch of kids, 10 years old, you know, meeting up to go skate all day in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. Yep. Like, you know, staying in cabins with, like, not no supervision. Yeah, it um, sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds, like, sounds very 90s or very early yeah, yeah. 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and uh, uh, while there... Um, like the first night I was just minding my own business and like one of the kids who I think had been there a day or two before me, he just, he just like immediately saw me and he's like, your name's, your name is Chubbs this trip. And he was like, your name's Chubbs. <laughs> and I was like, and so then everyone called me Chubbs. And uh, I think I just imagined me just kind of being so uncomfortable in my own skin. So like, mm-hmm. I think like, tell me what your friends say behind my back was totally an ode to just feeling that way, just feeling like, why is no one like listening to me? You know, like, why is, or why are people treating me this way? Like, I'm just minding my own business. And I honestly think it's beautiful. I think it's important actually for, for kids to go through that, you know? Like, I think it's important in a lot of ways for us to, to like experience that adversity and to deal with it and to develop character off of it, you know? Cause I would say that really kind of like, made me who I am. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit more of the backstory. That makes sense. And and I, I feel like a lot of the abrasive sounds on this kind of probably come from that um, state of mind as well. Because again, listening to your, your last record, it was very, very vibey, very like kind of cool, you know, a lot of features. This one it was more, it seemed more like less features, a lot of abrasive sounds, that kind of stuff. So it definitely addressed the angst in like a, a meaningful way, I would say. Yeah. Uh, very glitchy as well. Um, and I guess that's probably what made you incorporate that uh if not you know just just the need to switch up the sound you know i don't know nearing kind of the end of recording the whole record um i had kind of devised a little bit of like a palette there were a couple like tools that were like okay i'm only going to use these things to kind of like see if i can claim them a little bit as a signature Mm -hmm. because i find like when you have like infinite possibilities in your music oftentimes you kind of just have to make a decision and just decide on a sound that's yours that you resonate with so after kind of like i don't know searching for it um just randomly uh had found like well i'm trying to think i mean i had a conversation with my friend alan who's neon indian because a lot throughout the record too is hanging out with Mac and because he lived like two streets down. So I've met all these people mm-hmm. from just kicking it at his house, um, which was kind of cool and just like the whole story of the record. But anyway, I was having this conversation with Alan 
we were just talking about just the past and I, to me, I kind of feel like he claimed a lot of like that, like 2009, 2010 sound. He really, you know, I think that like, when I think of indie in that era, like that's mm -hmm. And it's also just having a resurgence right now. Like a lot of people are looking to that time, like kind of indie sleeves, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Anyway, like talking to him about, I was just like, what was the headspace? Like, what were you guys on? What were you guys inspired by? And he was saying that there are all these like chip tune sample packs getting mm -hmm. passed around. So I think I was kind of like, that's kind of a forgotten thing, but like such a element of that that era and sound. So anyway, I was just kind of looking at like chip tune synths or whatever, and then I found the SID station, and that's when I learned that the SID chip in the Commodore, that's kind of what the chiptune sort of sounds based off, like comes from a SID chip. And I was like, man, I'm already working on this record called SID Kid. Like this is perfect. Yeah, then, yeah. Sounds then I literally took, <laughs> yeah, I took the whole, I just literally replaced all the sounds with the SID station. So like that just became the sound. I feel like that was an important thing to do. Yeah, that's a cool, that's a really cool way to have, to like approach a record to kind of like think about like, like obviously the Indie Sleaze era and like that kind of, uh, um, what the, what what's the name of like the neon Indian Tory Ma kind of sound? I'm trying to chill wave properly. Yeah, exactly. A chill wave. Yes, exactly. Like that's people think of that sound just like oh chill, just like vibes, but they don't think about like literally like what goes into making that sound, what goes into making that a signature sound. So it's cool to hear you kind of get into you know uh, the more the musical and more the technical side of it because that's actually like what you know makes the makes the music the music at the end of the day. Yeah, and like if if you think about it, like it was the '80s to then. You know, right. like they're all on that stuff, um, which I just find it so interesting. I actually, I wish that I could understand kind of just like time within music. And I feel like ever since, probably just since social media became a thing, like it kind of froze everything. Where like the 80s is still kind of the same as it was to them, you know, Mm -hmm. years ago as it is like right now just because everything's kind of get passed around online so much so to me like I find it so funny like so much of my process is like going back to eras in music and identifying certain like tropes within them and and then like filtering them through 2022 yeah uh, like mm. and I honestly don't know why like I, I don't know why I think I'm one just really obsessed with nostalgia you know i think i always have like i remember i remember the same age as my chubbs era um you know talking to my parents and having them explain to me like what was it like getting your first computer and like you know and they would tell me like it had like a two megabyte hard drive and and for some reason as like a 10 year old it would like blow my mind that there was you know things are so, like we have so much more like yeah I, it's a reevaluation, right because we have so much more to explore like spotify and stuff like when i was younger it was like i got an ipod and i got like five songs and a music video on it and like i would just listen to those over and over and over again but now it's like that the possibilities are endless but at the same time it, it all kind of gets like washed away because it's like what now what's special what do i like triangulate like what do i find within that that like is really special to me back then it was like obvious like i have five albums i'm going to listen to them over and over again but yeah, it's cool to reevaluate that in that way because these eras are so timeless, the 80s and the 90s and the kind of eras that you draw from and and yeah. they come back and and it, it comes in handy because like New Shapes was a, is a great song and like you produced that and it's like um 
like that era is you come in handy when when these when these things inevitably come back in style every like three years you know what i mean yeah that's actually like that's i i i i want that you know i do i i mean i think that something special in my process is the nuance and i'm still learning still still mm-hmm. learning how to hear you know like listening is such an art it's so hard to do um yeah, like I, I've told this story before, but when I was hanging out with Mac, which is so weird, we had so many mutual friends. And then it was like right at this time when I started working on it, then I just got a random text from him, mm-hmm. uh, like a selfie of his double chin saying like, come on by, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I just showed it up and I was like, holy shit, you know, there's a lot of really expensive, nice things in here. I have to hear them, you know, like I really want to hear and he had his uh, his Fairchild compressor like underneath his console, you know. And I was like, I have to hear my music through this thing. And uh, so we ran. I think it was I don't want to go to school. Which, by the way, I asked Matt to mix this record, um, and he was like, I don't mix. Uh, <laughs> and we, did, we did two songs. Um, like, I don't want to go to school. It was like, originally we like tracked it through a studio and everything. And I really hmm. was like, I was just like, screw it. You know, like, let's just try it. Um, which I thought was kind of a funny thing, but anyway, so like when we were doing this, he, uh, he was like, all right, I'm going to turn it on. And he like turned the knob and he was like, see, and I was like, do that again. And he did it. And he's like, it's just that lift. And I just couldn't hear shit. And it was all, it goes like through his monitors, listening yeah. so quietly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I just was, I just lied. I, I was like, wow. Wow. That sounds amazing. Couldn't hear anything. And then I went home <laughs> and, like, and I was like, why can't I hear this? You know, um, yeah. like this, like, I don't, I don't get it. So that was when I was like, whoa. There's an ability to hear more within the sound. And I think that's now just like pushed me in this whole different direction Mm. on like maybe identifying why I feel something like in a song, you know, like that a song isn't just chords and what you're saying, but it could literally just be the the frequency, you know, the vibration of it and how it's literally communicating to you. Like, I believe that. Yeah. Um, When I think of when I when I listen to music from... 2009 2010 and you feel something from it i really was like how can i recreate that now because like it sounds like 2022 right now mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so then that just allowed me to to like try and go back in time and try to recreate processes and then in the end you're fooling yourself because you'll never recreate that sound because like that that it's it's not meant to be you know it's for this sound so then it's cool because then it's like you've you've arrived at this modern yeah, exactly. sound mm-hmm. by trying to sound like from the past yeah that, yeah that makes sense and that that perfectly honestly leads into our next question because i i was reading the uh the npr like the uh, npr was talking about your record and they yeah. pretty much said like it's uh, stitched together by millennial ephemera that deaton had woven into his record nods to um avril lavigne dawson's creek kids in america so it's definitely like you're almost trying to capture that old sound or trying to like tap into that old sound in certain ways but it's almost like it, it's like ephemeral and it, and it kind of like like weaves into your sound in and out and it kind of becomes its own thing uh through that process like with the interpolations that you do and that kind of stuff and uh troy i know i know troy 
uh, had noted that your 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 new record has a lot of like kind of 90s and early 2000s influence so maybe you can ask about that a little bit troy yeah definitely yeah i definitely want to talk about too like how you do such a great job like um cr- like capturing nostalgia and like flipping it and making it like a new way to where like it's not just like a, like a copy and paste of the past like it's kind of like your interpretation of what the past was but and but still in like a new way where we can like understand it like in your perspective i just want to say like yeah that was awesome and i was really curious just like um listening to like your like influences like on the tracks and stuff like in like in your opinion like which like artists do you think like influences you personally the most i think that's hard i think i can't like it's Mm -hmm. it's evolving i think i can say who influenced me for this record um my friend ian and he has a project called train breaks down and it's just i i'll, I'll say that it is 100 percent honest music and that's something that i envy a lot and i think that's really hard to do as hard as it is to to hear something it's it's harder to make work that's believable and i really believe his music when i listen to it and i feel something from it and you know, he's just making it alone in his in his garage, you know? And so, like, he did all the guitar on the record. So, like, Colors My Dog, I think, is, like, a perfect example of a lot of his sound. And I I've, I was just amazed that, like, one, he's been my homie forever. Um, but, you know, when I asked him, when I, when I look back to the past, his music identified that. And I was like, I really need this, you know? So when I hit him up and was really like, do you want to play some guitar? He was so kind to not be precious about it. And he just, it was like he was working on his own music. So I think hands hands down, Train Breaks Down is uh, the biggest influence for Syndicate. Yeah, but def- uh, I, have, I have not heard that project yet, but I'll definitely uh, hmm. have to give that give a spin. Give a spin, yeah. <laughs> and he's going to, and and we're... I mean, unfortunately, today we just canceled my tour, but he was. Oh no! Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 sucky. But he, Train Breaks Down was gonna open for me, and his band. He was basically gonna be my band as well. So it was like we were gonna just hop in the van and go. Um, so I think it's just like that to me. Not only was it like in the making of the work, but also performing live and just. Mm-hmm like building our little community like that's really important so. okay cool yeah that's that's really good to hear and uh i mean the, that that community part of it not the tour being canceled obviously um <laughs> but you know thing things come when they need to come and things you know the tour, it'll happen when it'll happen you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for sure it's all about for sure so you would you say that you're you're definitely more influenced by newer it seems like the summation of it is you're definitely more influenced by newer people kind of filtering these sounds whether it be him whether it be mac demarco or even like uh, 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 Doby or Beanie on the, on this new record, even or uh, no, like- I, I, I mean I think that Ian he embodies I think like the spirit of the music, you know. But when it comes to actual like sound inspiration, oh okay, sure, sure, all all from the past, you know. Okay, I understand. So I think that like you know I love just like finding little wormholes on YouTube and and trying to search and just try to find those hidden gems, you know? Cause I think we all know that when you find that hidden gem and then it's like your thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that's so funny because at one, it's also really detrimental. I think that happens a lot with a lot of artists that they'll be those golden artists and you'll find that like they get sort of gatekept, you know, and uh, they'll really be onto something, but I think fans of them won't really want to, to share it because they don't want to have it, you know, get lost in translation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, I'm now at this kind of fork where I'm like, I don't, like, I think it's important to, like, I, I don't know. I love, I love history. I love, I love like how things start. And, but at the same time, I think that I never want to find myself getting stuck back there. You know, it's all just, it's all just to inform what's in the box so then I can step out of the box, you know? Maybe you're not influenced so much by the people I said, but more so they kind of, uh, it's like, it's almost like building like the, infra- they, they help you build the infrastructure so that you can filter these older sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're part of you, but like, it's not like your identity. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. 100%, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I mean, collaboration is like, that's, that's number one for me. I think when it comes to, you know, finding my own identity, I'm looking at things from before, but when I think about kind of my present like community, like, Mm-hmm. it's just I think when you can kind of just know when people are like kind of operating on a similar frequency and what they're doing so I think that all the people that I chose to like be part of the record were one just really speaking to me during the process of this um, and two I love pushing others outside of their comfort levels you know I love I, that's that's like actually really one of my favorite things you know I, I think that it's more interesting to kind of like merge like opposites uh mm-hmm. i find you have like a better result rather than kind of merging things that make sense you know because i think then you have an expectation for what it's to sound like but when you kind of merge things that don't make sense they're it's kind of like it is what it is and i and i find that you just the experience is better so I think when I choose people to work with me, I try to just like not grab things that are like obvious. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And so, what what made you cho- uh, choose uh, Beba Dobi and, and Beanie for for this new record? Because because I know your older records are more a lot more collaborative. This was like or more like overtly collaborative. Like like literally on Spotify, it'll say your name and then another person's name. This was more like these are like the only two features technically. Like I guess to people who are just looking at it. Like what um. So what made you cho- choose them to specifically like to, to be on this record? I actually don't know at all. I mean, it was <laughs> more like it felt like a little bit of a chess game of like, you know, a lot of people that I've worked with in the past, like I didn't know them. So it wasn't a homie that I hit up, but like weirdly, this wasn't, it, it wasn't a challenge. I, I don't know. I think I just was in a time where I just was hitting up a million people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just really receptive. And in the end of the day, like my favorite thing is just collaborating with people who are just excited to do things and are really precious about it. So, I mean, I, I just think the world of them, honestly, I mean, it was such a breeze to, to, to work together. And I felt like my favorite part is outlining the parameters of a project and then that back and forth like i love sending demos back and forth and working through it kind of like in the digital space it's mm-hmm. so fun like because mm-hmm. because b was with jacob her guitarist in the uk we would just send our project file back and forth like five six times 
and it would change every time. And like sometimes like plugins would get lost and like it was like kind of like mingling mess. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And to me, I was just like, this is the future. Like this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they were also like making this uh this this song like how weird is that? You know, it's like we're making this song that has this feeling of the past, but then this process is so futuristic. Um so I, I don't know. I don't think it, it could have been anyone, honestly. But it just happened to to be the ones. It is cool how that uh like what you're like what you just said like uh, the sounds of the past but this kind of like almost like email or like things get lost in translation like modern like kind of like nuisances or whatever and then it all it's interesting how that all kind of filters into the sound i didn't even realize that that was a part of it um yeah because as a kid you must have just been like you would never be able to think in a million years that like you know in the age of limewire and like the, like you said like shit like has like 10 megabytes of storage you probably would have never thought like <laughs> you would be talking to somebody in the uk making these sounds you know what i mean like yeah, and I'm trying to I'm trying to like come to terms with that reality, um, because yeah, cool. like I look at you know there's still like subcultures that operate in a traditional way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just watched like a skate event that happened like in Europe, and it just reminded me of like the tour contest videos you'd watch from like 15 years ago. I'm like wow, this really feels like they're still doing it, you know, like the format's still the same. Mm-hmm. And I try to think like, like as I get older, how I can just like continue to have my finger on the pulse a little bit of just like, what is the way and never get stuck in a format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Really smart to, to just keep adapting and not get too married to like your process, you know? Like, I don't know, I feel that way with my studio. Like my studio is very old and it's very like, it can't move, (laughs) it can't go anywhere, it's just here. And then a lot of times it feels like it ties me down. Um, But I guess that's how you look at it too, because it also kind of anchors me, you know, it's a home, it's like belonging. So I think when it comes to like new communities sprouting up online, and the way that kids listen to music now, like it's something that I'm obsessed with and figuring out, but something too that I'm still coming to terms with. I'm like, what is the way, you know, like, what is it now? You know, what are, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing anymore? You know, I actually feel that way. I don't know what is going on. It's like quite strange. Yeah. This conversation is really good because uh, it's very free flowing, and I, I feel like the convers the questions that I'm about to ask, like literally, are just like transitioning perfectly into the next one. Because I was just I was just about to ask about your studio because I saw that you just built like your dream studio. Yeah. Uh, like, how does that feel to uh, actualize that and to be in a position where you can kind of shape your creative world as you see fit, like physically? You know what I mean? Like the things that you really, the sounds that you want, like. In, in a physical form, whether it be the vintage synths or even just like aesthetic things like the, that computer monitor or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, wh- wh- how does it feel to actualize that? I'm trying to like come up with an analogy of how it feels, but it almost feels like, um, bear with me here. <laughs> You're good. I'm play Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like finishing the park and it just works and everything like no, you know, like no guests are mad. <laughs> no one's up. No one's drowning. You know, yeah. the, like depending on how you play the game, money. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it feels that way, where it's like 
before every studio has been like you acquire all this equipment and then things just you're just dealing with it and now i really just like spent so much time in my notebook thinking like okay like this is what i have now but what if i add in this and how's this going to change and like just obsessing over that for so long allowed me to get a system where like i'm just confident that the gear that i'm looking at and want to add to like give me that freedom in my process will just like plug in and i don't have to worry it's not going to like mess anything up um but it i i i'm just a kid in here honestly like i think i can sit down and and uh you know nick who helped build the studio he's also like it's so funny how just things work because like i so randomly met nick um at a yard sale that i did mm-hmm. and we like kind of shot a couple of dms afterward about it and and i have like maybe three or four builders like interested in doing this project for me and they all were just like i don't know it just wasn't working out and i hit nick like please just help me with this project and he was like he just said down and then sent me cad like the full nine yards all over i sent him all the measurements and then he just sent it off to a cnc shop it all got sent here and he glued it all together um but then he also was telling me too he's like if you need help like configuring your studio like i've been obsessed with midi since i was 10. Mm-hmm. I was like how random is that like you don't meet it you don't meet people who are obsessed with midi and like yeah. that is mm-hmm. that's the backbone of the studio like everything i hit play on my main sequencer and everything is in time and working and talking to each other hmm. and like that feels like i don't know man it, it's it's something that probably only i can just like feel this crazy joy out of uh i also kind of compare it to when i was when i was man, i must have been like three years old my mom tells me this story about how i would collect hot wheels and on my bed, my favorite thing to do would line them up, like right next to me. And uh, she said she would watch me like lay and like I, I would like look really close at them and make sure they're all perfectly lined up. And then like, you know, I would kind of lean on the bed and one would like roll off. And then I would like adjust every single one of them to where <laughs> And then like another one over here. And then I would just like keep adjusting so it's perfect. And honestly, that has never gone away because that's exactly what I'm doing. Here. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, it's, it's great. Um, so yeah, man, it's it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's. It, Can we cool. see what it looks like in ten years? It's gonna be insane. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's just cool to like be able to. I feel like it must be really cool to be able to nail down the down, nail down the aesthetic, and then it's just like I don't know. I feel like you have cool followers, like people that you haven't quite worked with yet. Like I saw like Shy Girl follows you. I saw Pink Panthers follows you. I'm sure you probably work with uh, Panthers. It's just cool to be able to define that sound and define that aesthetic, and then just have these people come through. And it it must be so cool to like invite those people into your world, and it's like everything is there for you, and you know, there's no stop gaps or anything wrong you know what i mean it's like instantaneous that that is that is the future uh that is my future is i think part of wanting to build this space it wasn't it's not just for me um i would say it's it's less for me than it is for others um i have found that i'm happiest working with others um 
And I can tell you, it doesn't make me more happy than when someone comes in juiced on music, juiced on sound. Like I just got on a call, like literally Dijon called me 20 minutes before this call. We were just chatting. Mm-hmm. And he was asking me about the sequencer that I'm using. Um, and like all we're talking about, we're just going in on sound. And I'm like, there's nothing better than just having people come in and we can just kind of nerd out and don't have to explain to each other like why we're excited. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. You have your language almost, right? Yeah. It's like telepathic language. And uh, so that's what I want to get into. You know, I really, I, my dream and like my, what I look for in the next year and years to come is this. I want people to come in with a project, whether they started it, maybe they're halfway through, maybe they need help finishing. And we come in and basically lock ourselves in and we world build and we sculpt, you know, sculpt it into what it needs to be. You know, I think that like uh, the original concept was that it was all kind of in tiers. So there was kind of like a seventies tier an eighties tier, nineties tier, just to kind of like organize it all. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I don't need all these tools, but they all are really good at the one thing they do. So when I need something really icy or I need something really warm or need something really glitchy, like I have those tools for it. And like having that freedom when someone comes in and they're like, I really want to like give it this. And mm-hmm. we can end mm-hmm. folk, like nail in on something that's really nuanced. Like that's all I want to do moving forward is just like building other people up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I mean, talking about like uh, kind of like compartmentalized like uh, parts of your studio, like it looks like you're also like really into like rugs and like in like, your own fashion line as well. So I was just wondering, um, like, did you always want to be like a fashion designer, and, like a rug maker along while well, being a musician? Or is this like something you came upon to like later in life? Uh, so I started making clothes, man, probably five years ago. Um, and honestly, it was out of necessity. One was like, I had moved to Los Angeles and I really wanted to like, I don't know, I had just learned how to sew. So I was making pieces for myself and there are certain like things that like, I hate logos on clothing. It's, it's one of those mm-hmm. things that I really don't like. You won't find any of my logos except for a tag mm-hmm. on the clothes I make. and. I just wish logos didn't exist. Um, and so I'd go to the, the bins and uh, the Goodwill bins and I'd find like a sweatshirt that had like a plumber's logo or something. And it's a perfectly fine sweatshirt, but like obviously someone didn't want it because that logo didn't resonate or it didn't make sense on someone. So I was like, let's just cut this thing off. So that's kind of how I like created these more kind of circular patterns on clothes where I would just cut, I would just literally cut around logos. That's like Hmm. literally all of us was just cutting around logos. And then I would just take another solid piece from another piece and just replace it with it. And so then after that, you kind of see it's like a little off balance. So then you add a piece over here and then all of a sudden it was like making these color block pieces. And then people ask like, where do you get those? I'm like, oh, I made them. They're like, I want one. Like, okay. And then people start buying them and then, that just was getting attention from people. Like, you know, a lot of people I make music with, 
they'd be like, oh, you make clothing too. And then I'd make a piece for them. And it was kind of this like working wheel. So now it's kind of like gotten to a point now where like, I'm still, I'm still making clothing. I'm still making rugs all the time, but it's purely there to inform my music making process. It's, we need decompression from what we do. And I don't want to go just sit on the couch on TikTok. So <laughs> yeah. just go and like cut something up, use my hands, you know, think, use my brain differently. Um, and you just find all these similarities in them. And it's literally the same, you know, I say it all the time that like upcycling clothing is like sampling, you know, you're basically mm -hmm. taking 10 sweaters, chopping it up, making them chopped and screwed beat. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. I'm pretty good mm -hmm. at it. So it's just kind of natural. Um, and I need it. Like I have to do it. So, and I have some really exciting things coming up. I have like a very big collaboration, a clothing line coming out soon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get those, get those plugs off. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I can't say, much. I don't want it. I mean, I could say much about it, but I don't really want to. Yeah. Um, mm. But I've just been working for the past like year and a half on this collection. Then I'm like, honestly, I don't think anyone sees it coming. And then uh, I have a bunch of rugs dropping on Essence soon. Nice. So super psyched on that because I haven't made rugs in a long time, but it was just because like I'm dropping quite a bit with Essence. So I'm just like, let's go. Where good shit good shit uh yeah that that should about conclude the interview uh any any other things to plug obviously the the album said the kid very very good i recommend everybody listen to it if you want a hit of nostalgia especially if you're you were born in the era that i was born you know uh mid 90s early 90s really hits upon a lot of those different sounds but is there anything else that you want to mention before we uh before we head off uh i would say you know with with listening to the record you know, I think that I want to give that that power back to the album. Um, I think that we have been in single land for years, and I think that I can just kind of tell that in the air we want those immersive worlds. So definitely encourage everyone to listen to it from start to finish. You know, that's how it, that's how I wrote it, and how it's intended to be listened. And there are quite a few tracks that don't make sense unless you listen to the song before or after. So I think that, you know, it's something I want people to kind of stew on for a little bit. And then, yeah, send me a message. Tell me what you think about it. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully your first pod experience was everything you wanted and more. Crazy. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. All right, man. Peace. Thank you. interview that we just did uh with our new friend dean chris anthony yeah yeah it was really nice having on like he, he's so eloquent you know he, he's really good at like like 
painting a picture with his words about like what exactly in his head. You, yeah, such you know a way I mean? with words. Yeah, he's such a way with words. Oh man, love that guy. Yeah, very very good interview. Check out his album uh, if you haven't already called Sid the Kid. But we're gonna move on to something else. Uh, you know, in in the spirit of talking about older music, kind of what he was talking about and filtering it through a new lens, uh, we are uh, doing a competition of music and we're filtering it through our new bisexual lighting lens. Troy has converted to the church of bisexuality in order to, to complete this project. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just happy to be part of the team, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the gay team. The gay team. Yes. <laughs> you know, you heard of the A team. This is the gay team. <laughs> but um, yeah. So... I'm Mr. T. In... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T. Mr. T and the gay team. <laughs> oh man, they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot of fun with you at basement. But anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, you know we've we've uh, in this in the spirit of in the spirit of switching shit up, we've we've changed our color palette to the very aesthetically pleasing uh, dark blue to subway subway purple colors color scheme. That's what it's based on the subway. Uh, I don't know what line that is. Maybe it's like the three or like the two or six or something um oh okay you're, you're talking about for a second i'm like not jared subway <laughs> i was like no 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 jared no jared but um <laughs> but yeah we switched up our color palette and uh in the process we've, we've been doing making a lot of interesting changes like uh we're working on some good playlists as far as like you know the bl- the darker end is going to be like the kind of burnt out playlist the all the way on the left uh the right you know the the pink is going to be kind of more of like a hyper pop centric type playlist so you know, color coordinating everything. On top of mm-hmm. that, uh, we switched up the format of our stories, and we've been doing a lot more polls, as a lot of you have seen. Uh, a lot of you have DM'd us very angry, uh, asking why we are pitting this album against that album. And I just want to say to you guys, like, do you guys watch sports? Or <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think you already know that answer. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Like, it, it doesn't seem like anyone has seen a second of uh, of March Madness. You know, like, I don't think you guys know this, but like, you know. They don't pick uh, who plays who in March Madness. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's random. Yeah, it's a bracket <laughs> by the seed. Yeah, it's by it's, it's by the bracket. <laughs> yeah, it's a bracketed contest. So so you know to kind of explain before we get into the, the, these polls uh, for the last you know twenty or twenty five minutes uh, left of this episode, uh, wanted to explain. I ranked you know each of these albums that we've reviewed uh, on Antiart.blog. Please go to Antiart.blog and and uh, look at our reviews. Check uh, it out check it out uh, of albums that we've reviewed since we started whether that be everything but the girl bjork so classic shit and then now up to like uh, sonic boom and and uh panda bear the newest album which is not in this bracket because i just reviewed it but you know new shit old shit competing them against each other seeing what wins i rank them from relevance pop sensibility which which you know put some things a little bit closer to the middle because like obviously we're anti-art so the the best albums are obviously like the Bjork Post is at like the number two or number three spot because that represents both pop sensibilities and really going against the grain. So it's kind of it's kind of ranked and filed in different sorts of ways um, depending on you know like uh, our grades, the genre, pop sensibility, what we think that you guys would have picked as the best albums, what I would have picked, what Troy would have picked. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. a but but then putting them all into this kind of like uh, uh, battle royale of sorts. So, <laughs> you know, we're going to go through right now. We, we just completed round one. You guys uh, voted. We had over yesterday. We had over we had 400 people essentially vote 
uh, individual people vote, which is pretty crazy. Our, our story engagement is way up. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate uh, the love, guys. <laughs> appreciate the love. Appreciate all the messages, the angry, um, uh, misunderstood, misguided messages about why I'm putting pitting things against each other. Now we're in round two. You really can't blame me because you guys picked it, and now they're versing each other for what you picked. So it's like I'm not. You know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's a competition. Yeah, it's a competition <laughs> where, like, I feel like in this round, it's very, very interesting because, like, in the first round, it's just like, okay, I can kind of see, like, where it's going. Yeah. But this second round, there's there's a lot of, like, there's, like, some, I, I literally, like, like I held the story open and I was like, hmm, like, yeah. what is actually better? Like, like yeah, like, <laughs> it's kind of nuts how it worked out. In the first round, it was more obvious. I mean, there's always the 15 versus 16 seed or like 16 versus 17 seed in the first round, which is going to be kind of a toss up, which is always interesting. But now we're getting more into the, like more in depth. So now uh, we've, we've highlighted a few different ones that we think are going to be very competitive and interesting to watch. Um, we've already put them up on the stories, so you can't vote on them now. They're, it'll already be irrelevant by the time you uh, you hear this or it'll already be the round will be closed by the time you hear this, essentially, and the results will be in. Um, but yeah, we wanted to kind of go through like what we think are some of the heat seekers, some of the interesting ones to watch um, in these last few minutes that we got here. So uh, you want to start us off, Troy? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So um, the first one in the round that I think we want to talk about is uh, Homogenic uh, by Bjork um, versus After Hours by The Weeknd. This is going to be a tough one. Um, Who do you think is going to win? I don't know. Considering that it's the number one spot and, and all the things that I said, and also the fact that anytime we post Bjork, it gets, you know, three thousand likes i'm gonna say that homogenic is gonna win and it's also my favorite personally my favorite album of all time uh but it's gonna be really tough to see the weekend go yeah i mean it just you know just poor placing in the bracket ryan (laughs) (laughs) just uh (laughs) like i just can't believe (laughs) nah but um no i seriously just can't believe that like it just was a, just a like an unfortunate uh, pairing, I guess. You know, seeing After Hours uh, leave us so soon, but I mean, yeah, uh, Bjork's gonna win this. Like, Bjork is absolutely no gonna rule him uh, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, sad to see it. After Hours was our album of the year for twenty uh, twenty, but you know, yeah, I guess it kind of was poor placement. I probably should have put that a little bit higher. <laughs> But it would have well, got beaten I mean, by something else. Who knows? You know what I mean? I mean, who knows? Like, you know, like, it, what's great about this is that, like, we actually have the audience vote. So, like, we have no idea. Like, we have no fucking clue. Which yeah. is, it's fucking phenomenal. Like, it, it's just more exciting. It's <laughs> it's funny, too. because Yeah, again, because if we put it at number, let's say we put it at number, like, 15 instead of 16. You don't, you don't know how competitive that, that league would have been. You know what I mean? If I put it at 15, I might go against number... It might have it might have went it might have went against like number three or something immediately and would have gotten rolled immediately. So you know, as much as I love After Hours, you know, uh, Bjork changes the game with Homogenic, and we're going to move on to a much more competitive one because these numbers are way closer. Uh, we have the eighth seed uh, Kendrick Lamar to Pimper Butterfly versus the ninth seed Rosalia Motomami. This hmm. is going to be a huge toss up, but I think I know which one's going to win ultimately. Um, honestly, um. It's got to be the Pin Butterfly, right? Like, uh, at Moto Mommy and Pin Butterfly, I mean, don't be wrong, like, these, but, well, we graded, like, I think we graded Pin Butterfly, but if we did, like, it's definitely an A range. Like, I think we said it on the pod before. Yeah, we gave it so A+. So we plus. have, like, yeah, so we have, like, oh, yeah, I think it was an A+, plus, but, like, we have two, like, A's going against each other. Like, this is nuts. Like, like it's crazy, too, how it worked out, how, like, the seeds are very close together. I mean, Pin Butterfly, it's just a masterpiece, just straight up, mm-hmm. like, beautiful imagery awesome uh lyrics like great uh, production behind it just everything about it is just incredible 
Pomona Mommy was a game changer for in for Rosalia's uh, career. Yeah, and you're not gonna tell you're not gonna be able to tell what kind of influence it's gonna have going into the future. Because it just came out, you know what I mean? So like it's gonna be hard because Kendrick Lamar, the influence is obviously there. But Moto Mami could be even more influential in ten years. You don't you don't know because it's it hasn't even been out for a full year yet. Um I don't know. Just as like a, a just to be a little trickster, I would I would like to see Rosalia win this one. And considering how many Rosalia fans we have, I feel like uh, racist. I would. <laughs> 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 All right, whatever. I think fucking Doctor Umar is gonna be commenting. <laughs> I just wanted to also add. We didn't highlight this one, but uh, Phoebe Bridges Punisher versus Public Enemy Fear of a Black Planet. We were saying. <laughs> In that league, in that in the Doctor Umar realm of things, it's gonna be a real Doctor Umar side eye at everybody. I'm gonna put that on the story, uh, bro. Literally, like I, I, I remember like looking at, I was like, ah, damn, like we really we gonna put these two against each other. I, I, <laughs> put, I put Public Enemy Fear of a Black Planet at a lower seed um, than Punisher, just because Phoebe Bridgers is just so memeable, and everybody like I feel like it really falls into that again the the pop versus the. Uh, the anti-art type of shit and just like the whole girly sensibilities i feel like phoebe bridgers definitely like deserved the higher seed but it's like fear of a black planet in my opinion is is like the best rap album i think i ranked it as the second best rap album of all mm. time so i think that fear of a black planet should win that one but phoebe is phoebe is gonna roll that one yeah i mean with our fan base i i think so as well um next one is arca uh, kick three seed nine versus bjork uh, Utopia, which was seeded at uh, twenty-five. Yeah, that was a real heat seeker. I should have that. I I didn't I didn't know if I wanted to rank Bjork too high because Utopia is such a confusing and weird album. But I mm-hmm. put it up against something else, and it and it. Uh, oh, uh, Carolyn Polchek's Pang, and it just absolutely crushed it. So mm. I wonder. This is gonna like that might U- Utopia might be like an underdog, like a uh, uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, back or, uh, in, when I was what was that one? Was it one uh, college from Jersey that like almost went all the way? Uh, fa- like Father Judd or Saint Judd? Hang on, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I looked it up, and uh, it's Saint Peter's University. Saint <laughs> Peter's University. I I love the comparison of Bjork to uh, New Jersey College. Uh, that really warms my heart, Troy. <laughs> yeah, man. I I, say, I I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> New Jersey is the underdog. This weird album uh, about like having sex with birds and like getting divorced. Um, that's a really great, uh, <laughs> great underdog album. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you would have like been like, hey, what st- what stage does this sound like? Uh, I'd be like, oh. New Jersey. Let's, let's not get carried away here. Uh, <laughs> but moving on, uh, Kaylela is like a crowd favorite uh, R&B album again it hits the pop sensibilities it does have arca production on it um uh it has you know cult classic in a lot of circles people are wondering where when the next kaylila album will come out but it's verse uh a heat seeker a real heat seeker that beat out lana del rey of all people who is like almost like our almost our, our meme uh ace in the hole um so that mac miller's circles at c25 versus kaylila taking me apart at nine um I haven't looked at Instagram, so I don't know where this poll is at currently. I'm hoping that Mac Miller continues to. Oh, me too. Go like, uh, yeah. I, I'm. I, I want Mac Miller to at least make it to the final four. I'd be sick if he did. I don't think he will, but it'd be sick if he did. I mean, you know, it was. It was. I think that was like the first review I did for the page. Actually, it was circles in uh, 2020. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So you know, for me, like you know, Mac Miller ha- has a certain place in my heart, um, and it's just like I would just love to see it go far. Yeah, uh, R.I.P. Mac for sure. I, I feel like it should continue to keep going and going. I, I want to see it beat everything. You know what I mean? Just like just off of principle, I, I love seeing an underdog win. It's what our whole page is about in the first place. Um, but next we have 
this is an interesting one also i just wanted to also point out De- death grips and the uh, death grips the money store at five caliucci simiendo just a quick like uh which one do you think is going to win I mean, I think the money store, but like, I think I voted for Simonito just because I was like, that's an underdog story for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think Death Grip is going to win that one. But then also, uh, so next we have Kanye West or Ye, Yeezus at number five, uh, which you pointed out versus Olivia Rodrigo shou- uh, Sour and beat it pretty, pretty <laughs> Dude, angry. I was cracking the fuck up. Literally, like, I was in my <laughs> cubicle at work and I, I saw that. I was just like... <laughs> Like, because like, you were like, yo, all these people are just like, they're saying like, oh, like, these are such weird fucking like, <laughs> matchups. And I'm like, yeah, I can see why the people are saying that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one um, in this round, it's a Kanye West Jesus seated fifth uh, versus Grimes uh, Visions um, seated 12. Yeah, it's sort of a close seed battle. So it's kind of like it, it wouldn't be an upset really either way. I mean, it would be more upset towards Grimes, I guess. But w- w- which one do you think is going to take this one? Oh, it's a tough one. I mean, um, Vision was that was just that was a really good album. Um, but I gotta give it to Jesus though, because like I I just love Jesus, you know. And I remember in high school, I have memories of it in high school. It was sick. College sick. You know, getting out of college sick. To yesterday, it was sick. Like yeah, it's just a timeless album. Yeah, Jesus is is a uh, is more of a fatless album as far as like track per track. I think is better than than Visions. As much as I love uh, Vision or Visions. Um, you know, I think that I think that uses will win. If it was Art Angels Grimes versus this album, I think I, it would be a tougher one for me to decide because um, I think Art Angels is, is her uses mm. as far as like it being like there's nothing I would even take off of it. But um, yeah, Jesus is my favorite Kanye album. I have a Jesus tattoo, so I'm I'm obviously partial to Jesus. So it's gonna be Jesus. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Kate Bush, Hounds of Love at the fourth seed versus 100 Gex, a uh, thousand Gex at 13. <laughs> what do you think about this one? <laughs> <laughs> uh you know it, it's weird i've never even thought of the saying that in a sentence of just <laughs> these two albums <laughs> um oh god it's so different i mean i don't know i i guess i gotta give it to hounds of love um just like production wise like i just like even though it wasn't like reinventing the wheel at the time i guess like it, it still was very solid i really like the story uh stories behind like a lot of the songs i'm gonna mean, get mad at you for that one bro <laughs> but keep going ah oh, dude fucking hate hate hey keep the hate on like i don't give a fuck right, like, it, it gets a little bit irish jiggy at the end which i don't which i don't love so much oh what now, now you're racist against irish people now get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> fuck the irish bro who cares? <laughs> your your body wash smells like shit. That Irish Spring garbage. Get that out of my the face. Spring. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I want 100 gex to win. Yeah. You want, why do you want 100 gex to win? Because fuck the Irish. <laughs> fuck nepotism babies, aka Kate Bush. Uh, fuck the Irish. You know, 100 gex for the win. 100 gex. Uh, honestly, I think 100 gex, 1000 gex is way more influential than Hounds of Love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might got a little point there, but. Whatever, next one. Um, okay, uh, FKA Twigs, uh, Magdalene, uh, seated at number four, versus Lana Del Rey's Chemical, uh, Chemtrails Over the Country Club 13. Yeah. Um, hmm. I know which one. I think I know which one you picked just because you listened to it and you reviewed it. Um, this might be, this will be a contentious one, considering that they're both like such uh, big figures in our, in our, in the entire universe. Mm, yeah, this is like uh, Thor versus uh, Captain America. Like <laughs> fucking Marvel tard. Anyway, <laughs> which one do you think is gonna win? No, um, well, what I think is gonna win, I think FKA Twigs is gonna win, but I want Lana to win because you know it's Lana. Who I, doesn't love Lana? 
I think if it was Norman Rock, Rockwell against Magdalene, I think it would probably be a bit of a harsher competition considering that uh, Norman Rockwell is at the two seed and Magdalene is at the four seed. But yeah, I think that Magdalene should should rightfully win because it is a modern mm. classic. Um, cellophane, just cellophane alone, I mean, I think beats anything on chemtrails in my personal opinion. But, you know, mm-hmm. didn't I do it for you, you know. <laughs> great song um, it is a good one mad villain uh is it, it it's gonna beat this one obviously i only i wanted to highlight mad villain as the number four seed because i think that mad villain is gonna go far it's it's almost like the dude in squid games who like kept like cheating and and beating people like really easily uh because, you know I, I i mad villain continues to go up against very weak competition uh in this and is continuing to move up the bracket quite easily and not by my design by the way um mm-hmm. but i think mad villain is going to be a real heat seeker and it might end up in the top four yeah, I mean, I think it definitely has the potential to go far. Um, I mean, I feel like every time people see that album, it's just like, yeah, I, I, like all the comparisons are far. It's like, it's pretty obviously like Mad Villain is definitely like on top. He's just so good. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I think like, it's going to get to the final four or, or at least like the Sweet 16. And I don't know. Like, I think we'll see. It gets the next round. Let's we'll see if they can keep it up. Yeah, let's let go see, let me see i'm gonna i'm gonna edit this part i just want to see who it's gonna i just like hypothetically um on my uh on my bench up here shit i just want to see what hypothetically i just want to see what it's gonna be versing um so we have mad villain okay it's gonna beat ichiko ayoba i think pretty obviously and so then, then it's, uh, it's gonna and then i uh, miski beat the cowboy and earth eater i would prefer i honestly like the earth eater album better but i know that miski beat the cowboy is a higher seed and it's gonna win so it's gonna be mad villainy against miski be the cowboy and for honestly, for a lot of Mitski fans, um, surprisingly, even though it was like ranked highest amongst like the critics, "Be the Cowboy" is um, like her like a weak album for a lot of uh, Mitski purists. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that it might beat it, honestly. Uh, uh, Mad Villainy uh, would beat Mitski. Yeah, I think that Mad Villainy might go up, go up against Mitski and beat her. Maybe it'd be sick. Yep. Um, okay, that was, so that's tough competition. And I would I would like to see Mad Villain continue to continue to go past. Um, but yeah, next we have Frank Ocean Blonde uh, versus NWA Straight Outta Compton. This is a really interesting one because both of these albums are deeply influential. I mean, NWA, as far as gangster rap goes, it, it wouldn't be in the same spot without NWA. But on the same on the same tip, Blonde, like they're like there's so R&B much R&B music wouldn't be the same. R&B mm-hmm. music and just there's like there's like real Spotify core uh, like po- like the Pollen playlist would not exist without Blonde, for instance. You know what I mean? It's like mm. not that I'm saying that. Pollen is a great playlist, or Pollen is the best, but it's just like blurring of genres between rock, R&B, rap, uh, pop that Blonde did so well that I think it it makes it uh, extremely influential in the modern day. So, which one do you which one do you want to win, and which one do you think will win? Well, I mean, before I even say that, like I feel like these two albums are kind of like the two sides of the same coin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of like, it's just like one's about like hard, like uh, gang banging, like selling drugs, like fucking uh, like the more violent side of selling drugs. And then Blonde is more like the sensitive, like it has more... Um, side of selling like drugs also. Yeah, it's more yeah. sensitive side of selling drugs. And like, um, it's kind of just like, it's the same story, but just through a different um, lens, I guess, you know, but like bisexual, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like our bisexual lens. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Seeing it through a bisexual lens. Yeah, that works out perfectly with, with Blonde. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, that actually makes, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Blonde is honestly like Moonlight, whereas like Straight Outta Compton is like uh, Boys in the Hood or like uh, Menace of Society or something. So it's like, with mm-hmm. the, I personally, I like Moonlight better than both of those movies. I know that's like a affront to some people. Some people will be like, what? But I like I you know if you if we had to compare and we were doing a bracket of movies Moonlight is Moonlight is like one of my favorite movies so yeah that's a really good one but um yeah, but yeah kind, 
I think um I I think because of our fan base, I think they'll choose blonde because like I just think like it's more says more i guess about the common like guy you know like, yeah m- more the com- i guess the common person people can relate people relate to blonde more than they do um straight out of compton yeah but uh but yeah i i i think blonde's gonna win but yeah this was a very interesting pairing yeah we definitely have a soft boy bias in our ranks and on top of that you know straight out of compton has been out for so long that it's hard to sometimes it's kind of hard to quantify like exactly how much it influenced and it's also hard to it's like hard to even like pin down like exactly like what songs are on it blonde is more fresh in people's heads i think blonde is gonna win um arca arca versus uh arca's not her debut but um her um, self-titled versus apex twins richard g james album both it's that's it that's an interesting pairing because it's both literally like both of their it's not their either their um debuts but it's both of their self-titled and and it's their faces are both present on it and warped and and red it's really (laughs) weird that these two came together like this yeah it is very weird it's very similar like a two-sided coin (laughs) again yeah really this is a really interesting one um have you listened to win have you listened to either of these before yeah i've I've listened to uh the richard d james album and a little bit of arca just like uh whatever like songs you're like yo this shit's amazing and then you'll send it to me but um yeah they're both deeply experimental electronic albums where like the yeah it's yeah this is a fair pairing, I think. Um, which is kind of funny because, like, for the Frank Ocean and uh, NWA, not to backtrack, but like, they were also ve- the same seeds of it's a six seed versus an eleven seed. Well, yeah, exactly. For, for both of the, of the for both of them in the same round, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it worked out well. Um, hmm. I think that Arc is gonna gonna win. I would personally, I I ranked Aphex Twin just lower, just based on the fact that you know I have a different Aphex Twin album um selected ambient works way higher so i didn't want to rank it them too close together on top of that Mm -hmm. it's it's not his best work i mean it is really good but it's not his very very best um i would prefer richard g james winning over arca i would prefer uh kick uh, kick three from arca to be like the kind Mm -hmm. of front runner in the arca field but yeah Yeah, honestly like uh, yeah i think i I think they're gonna get the upset i think uh they're they're gonna get uh some arca stands are gonna be asleep at the wheel and they're not gonna (laughs) vote for her (laughs) <laughs> Apex Twin official is gonna uh, put it on his page, and people are gonna go over there. He's gonna be like, "Yo, if you guys don't vote, I'm quitting." Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And then we have um, uh, later on in the list, we have we have a upset that I can a couple of upsets that I can see just off the bat. Um, I believe that Bjork's Vespertine is gonna beat Sawayama. Um, I believe that that uh, Grimes's Art Angels at seed ten is gonna beat Lingua Ignotus Sinner Get Ready at seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, couple of upsets i can see off the bat uh oh arca's kick eye is going to beat um since i left you i believe um so these are some upsets uh here and there uh, i would like to see little sims i'm i think i might be introvert beating joy division's unknown pleasures with an upset even though i like joy division better i I'd, I'd just like to see that album go far and then mm-hmm. we have uh charlie xcx pop 2 which which uh, received like a buy round because it was like uh it was it was up against things that like it had no business competing against, like 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 really low seeds so i just kind of passed that one but playboy mm-hmm. cardi's whole lot of red versus pop two um i think we can go through these the last two pretty quickly i mean okay um a whole lot of red i think a whole lot of red's gonna get it i mean that's like it, playboy cardi's uh, best album and i mean pop two people say that's charlie's best album but i mean i i just think playboy cardi um i, I even though our fan base loves charlie xx i want a whole lot of red to win. i want a whole lot of red to win i want a whole lot of red to go all the way um, all the way or at least final four like, yeah i agree <laughs> I, it was i think i ranked it at like seed 15 just based again based on our grade based on 
a couple of different factors or whatever, I ranked it a bit lower. But up against Pop Two, I think it's I think it's gonna get destroyed. I feel like Pop Two, honestly, I feel like Pop Two is like in the Bjork uh, higher albums category where it's like it's defined hyper pop. Like people are gonna people are definitely gonna vote a whole lot of red out, but it's gonna be sad to watch it go. And then we have Lana Del. This is this one is gonna be more of a. This one should have got defeated easy. Uh, Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia beat out. I forgot what album it was, but it beat out yeah, something yeah. that it sh- had no business. Literally had no business beating out. Uh, yeah, hang on. Uh, if you look up in the top, it beat out uh, "Glow On" uh, by Turnstile. Yeah, it had no business beating that album out. That album is way better. But I think it's going to get its comeuppance, or uh, it's going to get rolled um, by Lana Del Rey's. Norman fucking Rockwell at the number two seed. Um, Norman fucking Rockwell, it's uh, one of my favorite Lana albums. I mean, honestly, like, I remember when it first came out, like, that shit, like, made me cry. Like, it was such a great album. It was beautiful. Like, the production's incredible. Everyone blacked out in the booth <laughs> when it came to that that yeah. album. Plus, Dua Lipa, come on, has baby on it. <laughs> you gonna vote for that? <laughs> yeah, she fucked herself over, shot herself in the foot with that one. Um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think Norman Rockwell is going to win. That's like peak Antonoff shit. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. that concludes our bracket list. We have well, – we're going to be in round three by the time we talk about this. So, again, all this stuff will not be irrelevant, but you'll get a bit of our, like, kind of insight. And I think next week we'll probably – or, yeah, maybe we'll ha- we'll yeah. include a small piece about this as well, kind of a little bracket update. But uh, that mm-hmm. about does it for this week of the entire podcast. Uh yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait to see if we we're right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, thank you guys all for uh, voting. Uh, really appreciate it. I mean, tell your friends. I mean, if you really want an artist to beat out another one, share it with your friends. Like, you know, we get as much interaction as we can. Please. Um, oh, yeah. And all, these, all these reviews are on entire blog for the most part uh, or on YouTube. Please check them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ch- definitely check us out. Um, yeah. We appreciate you guys listening. All right, peace. And thank you again to uh, uh, Deaton, Chris Anthony, and his management. Again, listen to his album, Said the Kid. It's really, really good. And uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Uh, thank you for listening. Peace out. Peace.